Mark. Uh, I did it on purpose. Just wanted to show you how resilient I was. Isn't the Lord good? Hey, little Gwenny. Uh, the Lord is good to us. No, I, I really did it on purpose. Because it would be bad for my ego if I didn't. Uh, but nobody believes me. Uh, amen. I want to talk to you today about seeing is not believing. Seeing is not believing. Uh, would you go to our first slide, please? I told you I did it on purpose, and you didn't believe me. Ah. You see, what, what happens is when you see something, and, and if you see somebody walk on a stage and they trip, you assume that the logical thing is they did it on accident. But I was in a movie once, and I was the guy in the lobby. So I have acting skills. There you go. So it's amazing that your brain, your eyes see something, and then your brain processes it, and just assume that that's what happened. And even when somebody contradicts what you've seen, you say, no. No, I, I, that, that can't be true because I saw it. But the reality is what we see sometimes and what, and what uh, is really happening are two different things. If you remember back in 2018, 2018 there was a, a junior soccer team, 12-year-old uh, boys, there was 12 of them, and their coach, they were in northern Taiwan, and they decided that they were going to go spelunkering. They wanted to go and explore some caves. And they went into this massive cave, and they were in over a mile in there, and monsoon rains hit, and it filled the cave. And there was, they couldn't get out. And as the waters rose, they had to go farther and farther and farther back into the cave until there was about a mile long stretch of water that they could not get through. Some local people saw their, their bicycles at the, at the mouth of the cave reported it to the authorities and the authorities came over and looked and realized that they were trapped inside the cave and it was in that time of year where it could rain any day and completely fill the cave so so they decided that they would get the seals the navy seals from taiwan and but they couldn't go in because even though that they had experience in diving they were not experienced in cave diving so they called people from around the world, experts that were not only uh, divers, but had uh, was doing diving in caves. And one of them from England was a man named Richard Stanton. And Richard came over, he just happened to be in England, got on a plane, came over to Taiwan, and he was one of the ones that went through to see if they could find these boys. By this time, it had been 10 days. 10 days. Richard, I was, uh, I was listening to his podcast, and, and he said that when he was going through the cave, you know, they had have extra, 
extra oxygen and they would put it on their side and not on their back because some of the spots were so narrow that they wouldn't have been able to fit through. And, and they made their way through, and the only light they had was the lights that were on their helmets. And, and they said that as they were going through, his mind told him that, that no one could survive this. And they kept feeling in the, in the water around them because he knew he was going to find the bodies of these 12-year-old boys. When they made it through the water, they, they found a, a spot where they could come out and, and surface. They, they got out, him and the two other divers, and they noticed a light. And somebody yelled out, how many are alive? And they said, all of us. And you can hear on the video, because Richard Stanton was holding the camera, he said, just believe, just believe. And the reason why he was saying just believe wasn't to get everybody else to believe. It was trying to convince himself because his mind had told him that he was going to find the remains of that soccer team. And when he found everybody alive, even though he saw it, he couldn't believe it. Isn't that incredible? That sometimes what our eyes tell us or, or what our mind tells us and what we see in our minds, it can actually get, we can get to the place that we can see truth and not even know it. And you say, well, pastor, what does that have to do with, with, um, with church and our walk with Christ? I would say everything. Everything. Because God's people are called to believe his word even when our eyes and our mind see something else. Amen. In, in 2 Kings chapter 7, there is an amazing story. And, and I, I want to just read just two of the, of the verses. And in chapter 7, the city is, is surrounded and they are starving to death. And they, are, they have gotten to the place in the city that, that they're eating anything they can find. And in fact, there was a couple of ladies that, that had, just, had got into cannibalism. And, and it was just a horrendous situation. And then the Bible says that in, in 2 Kings 7, Elisha the prophet, which was in the city, he goes to the king and he says, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seah of finest flour will sell for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, the gate of any city was the place where they, that, where they did business, where they bought and sold all of their produce and everything else. And, and there was no flour and, and, and there was no wheat and there was nothing to buy or sell because it was gone. And here's the prophet telling them, by this time tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, you're going to see such a, a, a downpour of the blessings of God that everything is going to be dirt cheap. It'd be like me telling you, by this time tomorrow, gas prices are going to be 97 cents a gallon. And faith and trust in my word would say, well, we'll see. 
Isn't that amazing? And yet, here's, here's the truth of the matter. The prophet said, listen to the word of the Lord. That means listen, hear, perceive, comprehend, believe, act on, trust. Trust in the word of the Lord. He said, it's going to happen within 24 hours. And here's, here's this entire city that's been under siege for, for months after month after month after month. And they're literally starving to death. And this prophet says, by this time tomorrow, everything's going to be plenteous. Would you believe him? Would you trust in him? See, we're called by the word of God to trust in him and not our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 says this, trust in the Lord with some of your heart. That would fit more of us, wouldn't it? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. You know what lean not means? Don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, believe what God has said. Don't believe what others say or even what your eyes may see. Trust in the Lord. Trust in Him. Trust in the Lord. What is trust? It's confidence. It's saying that, that I am going to put my faith in God even when I don't understand, and even though my eyes see something else, if God has said it, I'm going to trust what God has said over what I think should happen, what I think I'm seeing, because a lot of times we don't understand the whole picture. 1 Peter 1.8 tells us this, <clears throat> And though you have not seen him, you love him. Do you realize that our salvation came by faith? It didn't come by what we see. It, doesn't, it didn't come by what we, uh, what we believed in our own mind. It came by faith. We heard it. We trusted it. We believed it. We acted on it. And the Lord granted forgiveness. It didn't come by our own works. It didn't come by our own ingenuity. We didn't conjure it up out of thin air. It's the word of the Lord, and we believe it. And Peter says, and though we have not seen him. Now, Peter had seen the Lord, and he is speaking to a group of people that have never seen Christ. Like us today, we have never seen Christ. And though we have not seen him, how many of us love him? Why do we love him? Because we trust in him. We trust in his word. But believe in him and you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. If you want joy in your life, and I'm not just talking about the joy that says, woohoo, I'm happy. I'm talking about the joy you have in your heart even when everything's turned upside down. You know that you know that everything's going to be okay. You know where that comes from? By trusting in him. By trusting in him. The more you trust in him and you believe in him and you rely upon him, the more joy you have. Do you realize that God places his word above his name? 
Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible says, At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's a pretty powerful name, don't you think? That at the name of Jesus brings healing, it brings salvation, it brings deliverance. In fact, everything... Everything that we know of is to be done in the name of Christ. And yet, Scripture says in Psalm 138 too, I will worship toward your holy temple and give thanks unto your name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. If God has said it, it's going to happen. If God has promised it, it will be fulfilled. If God has said this is going to happen, then it's going to happen. Our only decision in, the situa- in that circumstance is whether or not we're going to trust in him or trust in our own understanding. That's our only decision because God will have his way. God's word is going to come about. If God has promised it, God is faithful and God will fulfill his promises. I believe we live in a day and time that requires, that's demanding, and, it go, and, it's, and it's increasing every single day that we trust in the Lord with all our heart. We are living in a time that, that, that everything that we trust in outside of God could be stripped away in a heartbeat. And you say, well, it's always been that way. Yes, it has. But there are, there are signs, there are, there are symptoms in, in our culture, in our society, and in our world that would help us understand that in, in 2008, it didn't take long for the economy to fall. And, and in, in, two, in 2020, two weeks to slow the spread. And how long did it take for our world to turn upside down? My friends, in a heartbeat. You say, are you a prophet? No, I am not. But I will tell you what I'm feeling in my spirit is that the people that are going to stand are the ones that are trusting in the Lord with all their heart. If you're trusting in something else, it's going to let you down. If you're trusting in other people, they're going to let you down. If you're trusting in your bank account, it's going to let you down. If you're trusting in your own health, it's going to let you down. If you're trusting in your own wisdom, it's going to let you down. The only thing that you can stand on that will be secure is trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Do you realize that when, when his word, the Bible says your, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Psalm 119, 105, that in this journey of life, if you, be, uh, if you want your path illuminated, if you want to be able to see in the darkness, it only comes by trusting in the word of God, living the word of God, believing the word of God, acting on the word of God, having confidence in the word of God. There is no other way to live but to trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
I want to read the, the verse 2. Let's, look, let's go on. We need trust in the Lord. Then the officer, this is the, the one that the king relied upon, the one that he looked to for answers and for guidance. He said, the officer on whom the arm of the king was leaning said to the man of God, look. In other words, you've said this, but look around you. Even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this thing happen? He looks at him, and he looks around at the despair, and he says, look around you, man. You're saying these crazy things like we're going to have an abundance in 24 hours. And he said, if God would open up the windows of heaven and pour down torrential rains, it takes a lot longer than 24 hours to grow a crop. He was looking at the physical way to handle the situation, and God was working on a different situation. He was looking with his eyes and not looking through the eye of faith. Can I ask you a question, whether you're here or you're watching online? The circumstances that you're facing today Are you trusting in the Lord? Or are you trying to figure them out on your own? And you say, well, how how do we how how do you know I'm going through that? Because you're human. And I guarantee you, every single one of us have something in our life that we have to trust in the Lord with, that we have to give it to Him. You ever given something to the Lord and then take it back? Give it to the Lord, then it starts working out and say, okay, God, I can handle it from here. And he's like, no, you can't. You can't even tie your shoes, man. How are you going to drive that car? But the Lord, the Lord is so patient with us and so kind. But we, we have opportunities in our lives that, that we can trust in Him. But it's doubt It's doubt that destroys the work of God in the unbeliever. Notice Elijah responded to him. He said, you're going to see it with your own eyes, but you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to partake of it. See, it's it's those that believe, that trust in the Lord. My friends, I believe that we are uh, living in spiritual times that, that command, that demand, that that where the Lord is pulling us to trust in Him. And perhaps the circumstances that we're facing today in our own lives, wherever it may be, perhaps they're not designed of the devil, but they're designed to God to help us to let go of what we're trusting in and to trust in Him. To trust in the Lord. To trust in His saving grace, to trust in his power. See, the ten spies that, that came back with a negative report, only Joshua and Caleb said, we can take it. God said it, we can do it. I don't care how tall they are, it just means that they're going to fall harder. But ten said, nah, we've seen it with our eyes. So what was the difference between Joshua and Caleb and the ten? Joshua and Caleb said, God said it. I'm trusting in him. I don't care what size they are. If God said we can take them, we can do it. 
The 10 over here said, I've seen him with my own eyes, and I'm looking at it through my own ability, and I'm saying we cannot do it on our own strength. Joshua and Caleb knew they couldn't do it on their own strength. Most things in life, when we come to that place where we cannot fulfill everything we would want to or complete everything we want to in our own strength we have a decision to make are we going to trust in the Lord or are we going to trust in our own ingenuity I will promise you this you're going to reach a point if you're trusting in your own understanding that it's going to let you down trust in the Lord trust in him don't allow doubt to destroy don't allow doubt to keep you from the blessings of the Lord. Just because the, the, the officer on whom the king was leaning didn't believe because he was looking at it through carnal eyes, through his own ability, and not looking at the, and trusting in God, doesn't mean that God is not going to have his way. God will have his way. It's like Mordecai that spoke to Queen Esther and said, perhaps that you have been born for such a time as this that God is going to deliver his people Esther and, and, he, and he, whether he uses you or somebody else doesn't matter God is going to deliver his people but just perhaps just perhaps he has chosen you for such a time as this to use you as a vessel to bring God's uh, people a victory perhaps what you're facing today what you're going through today what you're wrestling with today what brings you anxiety what brings you fear what brings you depression what brings uh, all of the negative thoughts of the world come crashing down on you perhaps just perhaps you are in a position and you are in a place to be able to say Lord I surrender everything to you it's all yours I can do nothing about it and when you begin to trust in the word of God and say as for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord and I don't know how God is going to work it out, but he is going to work it out. And when that happens, perhaps, just perhaps, God's going to use your life to transform somebody else. Perhaps God's going to use your life to bring uh, revival to Orlando. Perhaps God's going to use your life to get your family right with God. Perhaps. But we will never know if we don't trust in him doubt destroys the work of God in our lives you see what Elisha didn't know what the king didn't know what the advisor didn't know what nobody in the city knew was that God already had a plan in motion you see there were four leprous men outside the gate they couldn't go in because they had leprosy they couldn't go out because the armies would kill them they were out of food because nobody in the city had any food to give them so here's four men in in a tremendously bad situation and one of them looks up and says why are we sitting here until we die if we go they're going to kill us if we go out there they're probably going to kill us 
but I'd rather do something than nothing. And God took four lepers, four people that were on the outskirts of society, and they sent them to the enemy's camp. And when he, they went to the enemy's camp, they found that God had sent a, a, a rumor and they had gone up and fled. And they left all of their food. They left all of their tents. They left all of their clothes. They left everything there. And, and the lepers had their fill, went back to the city, and the city had their fill. And God's word came true. And the one that the king listened to, where the prophet said, you're going to see it, but you're not going to taste of it. The people were so hungry that he was trampled to death. See, that's what doubt does for us. But trusting in the Lord. Let me ask you a question. What, what is it in your life today? that you're saying, I need to trust in God for. And you say, well, pastor, it's easy when you don't have anything in your life that you need to trust. Oh, I have a lot of things I have to trust in God for. So this, this is not just a, a sermon to make you feel good. This is something that is from my heart. It's from the heart of God that he is calling his people to trust in him. To put your faith in him. God has a plan for you. King David said this, I was once young and now I'm old and I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. What that tells me is that David, after looking at his life and all the difficulties he'd gone through and all the things that he had faced, he said, you know, God has been good to me. God was good to me when I knew he was there. God was good to me when I didn't know he was there. God was good to me all the days of my life. And I have never seen anybody that puts their faith in him that has ever gone hungry, that has gone and, and starved to death, that, that didn't have the basic necessities of life. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all other things, food, and shelter and clothing will be added to you. But seek him first. What does that mean, seek him first? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in him. Give him that situation that you say, it's impossible for God to bring this to pass. It's impossible for me. I'm, I'm speaking to somebody today. That it's impossible for me to be able to accomplish this task on my own. And yet God is saying, if you put it in my hand, I am going to have a victory for you. I have four lepers already lined up to fulfill my word. I already have a plan and a purpose and a goal. The only thing I'm waiting for is for you to say, I trust in my God. Trust in the Lord. Say, well, how can I trust in the Lord? Use that thing called faith that he has given us. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back.
What is it that the Lord is calling you to trust in him? Is it your marriage? Well, pastor, you don't understand. I may not, but he does. Is it finance? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That doesn't really mean a whole lot in Florida, does it? I have found one hills over in Claremont. What the author was saying is he owns everything. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. Is it your health? What is it that you are saying, God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Last week we spoke about the, the man with his son that, that had, was possessed of a spirit, and he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. speaking to hearts. I want to do something a little bit different today. I don't want you to stand as one. But as we sing this song, it's a very familiar song. If you were raised in church or if you've ever seen a Billy Graham crusade, You'll hear, you'll know this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. You ever been down to your, your last? Then God shows up. And we always think that God's late. But he doesn't work on our time frame. It's like, you know, when you look at the trips that you really enjoyed in your life, it's usually the ones that you were out there on faith, driving across country with four bald tires and five dollars. Had the time of your life. And you look back at your life, and it's not always the easy times that that you remember, but it was the times that God showed himself strong on your behalf. That God brought deliverance, that God brought healing, that God restored faith, that God... brought that loved one that that you were praying for for so many years and you were able to see them surrender their life to the Lord I don't know what you're facing today maybe maybe even your your own faith in God is wavering but I want to encourage you to trust in him for he has a plan and his plan is never early and it's never late it's just never on your time God's wanting to do a work in our lives. God's wanting to do a work in your life. God's wanting to do a work in my life. God is preparing his people for something amazing in these days. And it's going to require trust in him. 
as we sing this song, I want to encourage you right where you're at. If God is speaking to you, whether you're here, whether you're at home, if God is speaking to you about something in your life that you need to put in His hands and say, Lord, I am trusting in you. Anywhere in this song, I just want you to stand in affirmation and say, Lord, here it is. Here's my life. Here's everything about me. I trust in you. I don't know my future, but I know who holds it. And you've always been good to me.